Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO, everybody, welcome back to the OHIO Podcast. I am Buckeye Boggs. That over there is Chris Wilds. How you doing tonight, Chris? Well, I'd be doing a lot better if your Bengals weren't letting me down right now, Eric. Hey, I I didn't put one penny on that game tonight because I had no idea it was going to go, but... I made out pretty good on the Eagles. So. All right. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. You got me there because I really, I really thought that it was going to be a San Francisco type of year. Nah, not after the way they've played. Well, we're good to have. We're glad to have all of you back. Welcome in. Welcome to the OHIO podcast. Got a nice little handful of people already watching live tonight. That is good to see. Of course, our good buddy Ryan Wickerham, first one to come in and say, "What up, guys? What up, Ryan? Good to have you in tonight, my friend. Welcome back tonight. Looking forward to uh, going to your tailgate next year, my friend. We've got a lot to talk about, Chris. Yeah. But the biggest news this week, man." was the news that came in late at the end of this week. It felt like a Friday evening news dump, but I don't know why. This this was big-time news. And if you've been following this podcast and listening to us over the last few years, you knew how much this hurt my soul that James Laurinaitis went to Notre Dame last year. Yes. Well, guess what, everybody? The little animal comes home. He is back He's in the fold. He's gonna be. He's gonna have an office somewhere over there at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, Chris. He is a part of this coaching staff. So let's start tonight's conversation right there. How will James Laronitis change the dynamic of this coaching staff, Chris? Well, first of all, Eric, I absolutely love this move. Uh, he brings back a a passion and intensity that I think we have really lost over the last several years. Uh, you know. He was probably our last great linebacker. Um, he's played at Ohio State. He knows what it means to be a Buckeye. Yeah, he knows the X's and O's. Uh, yeah, he, he was in this, the NFL for eight years. You know, great career there as well as at Ohio State. But he just has that passion and intensity. And 
you know, I kind of feel like he's going to go in there, put some boots to butts, and, and make some things happen. Uh, you know, really get these guys fired up. Uh, you know, last year he was the uh, the assistant linebackers coach, grad assistant over there at Notre Dame. Uh, their linebackers looked pretty good last year, Eric. Now, our linebackers, I mean, a lot of people may say, hey, you know what? Our linebackers weren't the problem with the defense last year. And they weren't. Mm-mm. Our linebacker play was very good last year. But you know what? He'll take good and he'll make it better. Because, again, he is going to get them fired up, give them an intensity that, that we've just been lacking. And that kind of intensity, that kind of fire is infectious through a locker room. That is going to spark the whole defense. Uh, you know, I think he's a little bit underrated as a as a uh, recruiter as well. Uh, you know, I, I've heard many people say that he, he's been a part of two good four-star recruits that are coming to Notre Dame right now. Right. Uh, the relationship that he built with those recruits. Yes, they may have loved uh, uh, Marcus. They may have, have liked Notre Dame and the academics, but the relationships he built with them is what was the, the drawing power. So this is a guy that, I really feel is going to make a major impact in this program. Um, he may be a grad assistant now, but I, I don't think it's going to be real long till you hear that grad part drop from the mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, this hire was for two reasons. Okay. Number one, I think you hit the nail on the head. He actually got the reputation in one year that he was going to be a very good recruiter. Yeah. Um, which reminds us of a, someone else that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But I think this is going to free up Jim Knowles to put more time in the secondary of his defense. The cornerbacks, the safeties. This is a safety-driven defense. Everybody calls it that. Everybody says that. Jim Knowles himself preaches that. If he's got someone he trusts to take care of that linebacker room, which is what he was coaching, then he can spend more time with the weak part of this defense, which was that secondary, especially in giving up big plays. So I think this is really key for Jim Knowles to have somebody in there who he can trust and probably in the future take that GA title off of him be the linebacker coach at Ohio State, and then Jim can concentrate on being the more of the head coach of the defense, which is what he was hired to do. He's been being paid $2 million. That is what um, some head coaches at small D1 schools are getting paid, Chris. More so, in some cases. It, it might be. So, yeah. so I think – Having Jim Knowles freed up more to go see to to get his hands and claws dug in to that defensive secondary is going to be really crucial for the success and continued growth of that defense. Now we're going to talk about that defense here in the offseason because believe it or not, even though they had uh, gave up a lot of points in their last two games and some big plays. Overall, when you look at the 2021 defense compared to 2022 when Jim Knowles stepped in, there were some growths in that defense, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and we're, we're among the people, Eric. We're quick to point out the big flaws, the big plays they're giving up. Uh, but you just look at how much I think the linebacker play improved. Uh, we didn't get the sacks we wanted, but I thought the – defensive line played very well this year you know uh something that uh, our friend aaron talks about a lot is, is setting the edge and, and helping in the run game from that defensive line and i think they did a great job at that this year we weren't giving up huge running games we were giving up huge running plays from time to time and a lot of that came on the second string uh you know if you if you take out the exception of the uh, game against that team up north uh but well and even then it didn't come till late in the second half so I think you're right. I think the defense made a lot of strides. I think this is the kind of move that can put them over the top. So let's take some of your comments here, guys. Let's start off with Bronson uh, Steinbrook. He says, once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. Congratulations to James Laurinaitis, JL. I did post a a picture, uh, Chris, of him and his family with their daughter, uh, and she's in a Buckeye cheerleading outfit. Now, I have not been able to confirm this. 
But I am wondering if they never sold their house in Columbus and they, they never moved. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Wouldn't just, surprise me at all. Just something I would, you know, I would like to kind of maybe dig into a little bit there. Uh, Ryan says, uh, give him some time and he will get, he will be a great coach. I agree, man. I, agree. I, I don't, I think he can hit, I think he hits the ground running in all honesty. Uh, the dude, if you ever heard him talk on the radio, he absolutely annihilated that defense a couple years ago. Yeah. And and when he was an analyst, remember when he was doing uh, analyst work for the Big Ten Network? Yes. You and I both said, this guy's going to be a coach, man. Yes, exactly. The, he, the, he knows. Yes. Yeah, the way he was able to um, dissect defenses and talk about that in relation to what the offense was doing was coach speech, man. It was over a, it was over a lot of people's heads. And I think he he will. He'll hit the ground running. He's just going to do a phenomenal job. Um, Bronson chimes back in. He says he's already a darn good, awesome recruit. Um, there has been a lot of reports that he was he was going to move up the coaching ranks quick yes. over there in South Bend because of that very thing. Um, they have a they have a better recruiting class by the numbers in 2023 than what we did. Okay, that's not by mistake. Uh, obviously, there he was a big part of that. Uh, Ryan said we need more sacks on the defensive line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. you know, if you go back, I think the first sack of the season came um, from Tommy Two Thumbs. Yes, I think I, so. I think he got the first sack of the season, which I thought was was great because I think it set the tone for what we were going to see as far as the defense as a whole was being more aggressive in 2022. We definitely were that. But I think Ryan's hit the nail on the head. If you can get pressure from your front four and not have to rely on trying to create pressure from your linebackers so much, then that's going to free them up to play more of a zone defense and take some more of the pressure off the defensive backfield because um, they were always in, in man-to-man coverage, it seemed like, last year in a, in a lot of games that we got burnt on. So... Overall impression, I I am thrilled. I am absolutely thrilled to have him back. He's one of my favorite Buckeyes. Um, the dude is just, he exudes Ohio State, Chris Spielman, uh, A.J. Hawk, linebacker toughness. He yeah. was a three-star. I think he was a low three-star out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and came to Ohio State, and by his sophomore year, was tearing it up. Became an All American. So the guy is <laughs> the guy is not going to be afraid to get in there and really try to pump up some of these other guys. And I'll tell you, do not be surprised if we have a little bit of a um, a little bit of a kind of a Luke. Remember how Luke would go out and recruit a three star guy? Yeah. And and build him up, Ryan Lee type of guy. Yeah. I wonder if he might have not a little bit of that in him, where he takes kind of the underdog approach with somebody and says, you know, I, I've I've been in your shoes. Let me show you how to do this type well, of thing. Well, not only so. that, it's not always about the stars beside the guy's name. You know that, Eric. Sometimes it's not about who's the best guy, but who's the right guy. And yeah. I think he sees that in players. Who's the right guy? Before we go on to the next question, uh, let's take Larry Daniel's statement here and look at this. He says, I think the defensive line was a contained first, sack second scenario. Chris, your thoughts? That's interesting. I, you know, I don't completely disagree with him. I think as much as we talked about the offenses focusing on the run, I think the defense was just as focused on stopping the run this year. Uh, I think that is something where I think at times we did play a little bit conservative on the defensive line. I mean, People were kind of wondering why we didn't just take Jack Sawyer and JT Tumalu out and, and, and Zach Harris and just cut them loose on every play. Well, that was to help stop the run. Uh, I think we've seen now that the linebackers can more than handle their own business. We may see a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a little more aggressiveness out of that offensive line now. Uh, I think, especially now that we've got uh, Lauren Itis in there coaching with the linebackers as well. I think we're going to see more aggressiveness all around that front seven. I would like to see that aggression on third third downs, especially, especially on pass, yeah. passing downs. Yeah. 
pin your ears back, go after the quarterback, make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's definitely in the cards. All right. <clears throat> James Laurinaitis's future. Can the little animal become the next Brian Hartline? Now let's go back in, in time a little bit. Um, we had a wide receivers coach mm-hmm. who was pretty good. Zach Smith. I, I, I think he was pretty good. He recruited well. Um, he recruited well, okay? Um, I think Zach recruited well, and I think he I think he wasn't too bad at development either. I think Michael Thomas was, you know, is one that gets a yeah. lot of credit, gives him a lot of credit. Um, Braxton Miller uh, gives Zach Smith a lot of credit when he went from quarterback over to wide receiver yeah. and his development got him to the NFL. Um, but you know how all that went down with uh, Zach and with Urban Meyer, and then Brian Hartline stepped in, uh, was not given the title the first year, if you recall, right? that he was there. He was kind of filling in there. And then um, after that year, he did so well, they said, hey, it's your position. And he is just taken off. The guy is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of, if not the most important assistant coaches in all of college football. He is coveted for head coaching positions already. Um, Can James kind of follow that trajectory that Brian Hartline has laid out before him in being a successful college, going to the NFL? I would even... Dare to say James probably had a little bit more successful of an NFL career than Brian did. And now here he is at his alma mater. Can he have that same trajectory in the coaching ranks, start as a GA, fill in as the position coach eventually, continue to grow in that position? Maybe down the road we're looking at the next defensive coordinator when Jim Knowles retires. What do you think? Well, I think it's hard to say that he's going to be the next great assistant. Yeah. I agree. There are many similarities there from uh, playing for the Buckeyes to their NFL careers. Uh, you know, but but Brian Hartline has established himself in many ways. Uh, you, you look at him, he's not only maybe one of the best recruiting position coaches, he may be the best recruiting coach overall in the nation. I truly believe that. Uh you, you look at what he's done as far as productivity. His guys, not only does he recruit them, he develops them, and he does nothing but pump out top-tier draft picks. I do think that Laurinaitis has that potential. Uh, I think that these guys are both guys who are young, who have played in the league, but are still, how do I want to be, close enough to relevant as far as their age goes that they're going to be able to relate really well to these young guys. I mean, it, it, you you hear the guys talk about Brian Hartline, they're the receivers, and they they really like him. They like to play for him. From what I'm hearing, the guys at Notre Dame were very much the same way with James Laurinaitis. He is a, a, an intense guy, but he's a player's coach, and the coach uh, the players enjoy and appreciate what he brings to the table. So I don't think it's that far-fetched to say that this guy could be the Brian Hartline of our defense. But I do think he's got a little ways to go to prove it. I, I want to see what he does after the first year. I want to see what he does recruiting. I want to see what he does uh, developing not only the guys we've got, but developing the young guys like, for instance, a C.J. Hicks. See where we're at with these guys at the end of this season and then I say we revisit this question and we'll have a little bit better of an answer speaking of CJ Hicks Ryan says watch out for him <laughs> oh I agree and I think James Warren Ice is just the guy that can get the most out of him I truly uh, do let's take a few more comments here about this uh, Brian Steinbrook says when he was in school, he was a man child, now a straight beast. He's going to do and bring great traits to OSU recruiting and great ethics to young maturing men. Actually, I that's agree. a, that's a very good comment, Bronson, because the little bit I know about James Laurinaitis from interviews 
and hearing him on the radio on a daily basis at 97.1 The Fan. The guy has a code of ethics about him. He He's a family man first. Um, he speaks very highly about his, his little girls that he has. Um, he never, ever badmouthed his wife on the radio, ever. Um, he always talked about instilling in his children great work ethic that he got from his dad. Well, would you have wanted to upset that guy, Eric? I mean, come on. I believe if you did, it would be a rush if you catch my oh, drift. Yeah. <laughs> what a rush. What a rush. Um, I love that picture. In fact, it was the picture that we posted for the advertisement for this live show of him wearing the spiked shoulder pads and his dad yes. wearing his jersey when he played for the for the St. Louis Rams. And... I, I loved that father-son relationship they had that he's talked about. You know, it, 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 it's too bad that his father went well before his time, you know, and, and God rest his soul. Um, but hearing James and how he dealt with that on a personal level, level as a son, uh, having lost a father, but then also being the son of a famous father. Right. Okay. Um, I think that there's a lot there that he can pull on as a coach, uh, believe it or not, that he's going to be able to instill in those young men, those, those ethics, those, those traits that he learned from his dad. But I also think that there's an intensity about him. Oh, without he's, doubt. he's not the little animal for, for no reason. There's definitely, um, uh, there's definitely a, an intensity about him that I like. Brad Olberding chimes in. Yes, the sky is the limit for LJ as far as coaching in the future. I, I agree. I, I just think this is a home run hire, man. I Absolutely. really do. Um, there's nothing about this that I don't like. I think all of Buckeye Nation celebrated this one. I really do. And, and, and the fact that we get him on a lateral move, okay, yes. from GA to GA, what's that tell you? That tells you he wanted to be here. Do you think that maybe he just went to Notre Dame to get his feet wet? Absolutely. That was just what to the, see is this what I want to do because I don't want to let the people in Columbus down if this isn't what I truly want. He went over there. He coached with his friend Marcus Freeman, who I believe they played together. Uh, you know, so I think that this was let me get my feet wet, make sure this is what I want to jump into with my life, and then I'm going to make the move to go back to where I belong. I don't know the details of the conversation that was had, but I do know there was a conversation had between James and the Ohio State coaching staff. And I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody, when they get in front of Ryan Day, is going to ask this question from the media. Why wasn't he hired to begin with? And the rumor that was floating around was that Ryan and – uh, the maybe Gene, I don't know, said to him, you need some more experience. So he got yeah. that experience. And then one year later, apparently Ryan is knocking his door down for him to come back Do to you Ohio State. Well, you know, and, and I'm wondering a little bit, and maybe I'm off base here because he is just a grad assistant, so to speak. But do you think the fact that we lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin had anything to do with them pulling the trigger quicker on James Goronitis. Well, the rumor is that Luke was trying to get him to be the yes. linebackers coach over at Wisconsin. Yeah. So, again, th that that wouldn't be a lateral move. That would be a move up. But he took the lateral move to come back home. Um, so he definitely has, as Larry Daniels says here, strong roots, right? Yes. Strong roots are here. They, this is where this is where home is. This is where family is, which is again very similar to who Brian Hartline, yeah. right? Brian Hartline could be the head coach at Cincinnati right now, this very minute. Absolutely, and he stayed here. I think having that bond of being home, being at your alma mater, having that love for Ohio State is very important to these guys. And I'll tell you who else it's very important to. Luke Fickle. Yeah. And we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. All right. We got one more question here before we take our uh, halfway break here. 
and let's dive into this one, Chris. Is Ryan Day finished, or will there be more? Or will there be more coaching changes made to this staff? Your thoughts? I'm going to say right now, Eric. I think that we are finished at the moment. Um, I've heard people talk about bringing somebody in to provide help with the defensive backs. Maybe people are feeling that Feliano uh, isn't getting the job done with the safeties or what have you. Uh, maybe there's some questions about uh, uh, Tim Walton there and his abilities. But you know what? I think that what we are going to see is before they – and I, let me tell you something. Let me just put a rumor to bed right now. I have heard mention of the name Mike Doss frequently brought up. Guys, it's not happening. Um, you know, he doesn't have coaching experience. He's not He's not looking to come back out of coaching or come back and be a coach, I don't believe. Um, I think what we're going to see is, like you had mentioned earlier, Eric, we're going to see Jim Knowles focus more on the defensive back, specifically the safeties in his safety-driven defense. Um, I don't think we're going to do anything back there-wise. Um the, the only way I see any move right now on the defense is going to be if for some reason Larry Johnson would retire. Uh, God forbid at this point, let's at least get him through the season and, and see where he wants to go after this. But, you know, I think that's the next move on the defensive side of the ball unless it, by season's end we don't see improvement in the defensive backfield. Okay. Um, <clears throat> as far as offensive coaching-wise goes, I don't think there's much movement going to happen there either. Um, unless they were to add somebody as – if they were going to fill Brian Stablein's – Brian Stablein, oh, wow. I just went way back there. Uh, unless we're going to fill Brian Hartline's uh, position and and bringing, like we would mentioned uh, previously, maybe a Kenny Guyton or somebody like that who's coaching wide receivers at Arkansas. Um, you know, of course, a dream hire would be maybe bringing back if Tony Alford would move on, seeing if you could sway a Eddie George back into a assistant position at a big time university. You know, but I, I don't think we've got anything that's going to happen in the immediate future. So there will be a second carousel of coaching changes here when. The NFL, which is in the midst of its in the middle of its coaching yes. carousel, which by the way, apparently Denver was in Ann Arbor again this week, talking to Jimmy after Jimmy said that he was happy to be a Michigan no, man. Don't can't. be too surprised if he is not there come opening day of the college football season. Well, we've got predictions we can get into in the second half of the show, but um, there will be a second a carousel of coaching changes that might affect college in, in the NFL. Okay. We, we have a Super Bowl in two weeks and usually after the Super Bowl, one of the coaches or two of the coaches from those teams get plucked and put in either head coaches or uh, assistant coaching positions. There is a currently a coach on Ohio state's roster that will be coveted by the NFL. Tim Walton, yes. Tim Walton, who, which is currently our, who is currently our cornerbacks coach on the defense, um, had a lot of success in the NFL as a Q, as a CB coach, and there might be some interest on the NFL level to call him up. I don't know if. I, I, this is just these are just rumors that are out there. I don't don't know how heavy and strong they are, but I think if there's a if there's one more coach that might move, it would be him. If that were to happen, I think Perry Eliano moves to having the entire secondary. I think Jim Knowles spends more time there, mm -hmm. and then James gets put in as the linebackers coach. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that as a possibility. I think that might be the only coaching move left. Yeah. I just don't see anybody on the offensive side at this point leaving um, or getting plucked. And I think if there's anybody on the defense, that's where it will come from right yeah. there. Um, but that's the only one I can foresee at this moment. Of course, uh, this stuff is 
is unpredictable, and we it might is. see we might see some um, some other changes that we just do not foresee right now. But that's kind of the only one I see at this moment. Uh, one more comment here. Larry says Knowles' defense will be a force to be reckoned with in year two. So I, I said we would do a, a, a show about this in the future. If you go back and you look at every stop Jim Knowles made as a defensive coordinator, it was always really bad in year one. Yep. Pretty good in year two. Excellent in year three. Um, I would say year one was pretty good. So I think he's already on a faster trajectory than what he's been at when he was at Duke and when he was at uh, Oklahoma State. I think he's already getting to that year three. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, believing if he can make those adjustments in the secondary that they will be there in year number two. Now well, he's got yeah. he's, he's got to deal with much better talent. Yes, exactly. He also has two things going for him very well next year. He's got both linebackers returning. Yes, you mentioned C.J. Hicks will be in the program for his second year. I think Jack Sawyer will be improved. He will be in the year, program for third year. You will have a junior in J.T. Tuamulau. Um, Smith, the defensive tackle. Um, there's a lot of talent there on that defensive line that should strike gold this year in their junior year because these are all guys who expected to go to the NFL in the 2024 draft. Yeah. And so they're going to need to hit this year. <clears throat> so if you look at that trajectory – I think he's he's actually maybe even a little ahead of schedule. And having that those linebackers who he trusts here next year is going to be huge, Chris. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think that uh, – I think Larry Daniels is absolutely right here. I think this defense, we saw them come close. They were in the top ten right up until the end of the season. All season. I think this team finishes as a – top five defense next year all right we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we've got some some pretty interesting topics that we are going to ask you all to participate in as well who are watching so hang tight get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right. Thank you for that, Mastermind. And here we go, Chris. <clears throat> Topic number one here, the second part of the show. I'm really interested <coughs> to see what we get from our listeners and watchers right now when it comes to these questions. Here we go. Question number one. Coaches under the age of 50, who are your top three up-and-coming coaches or coaching legends, but they have to be under the age of 50. So you can't count on Nick Satan because he's knocking on 73? 72, 73. 72? Yeah. 73? Um, I looked it up today. Joe Paterno coached until he is late 70s. Yes. Nick Satan's getting close to that. Now, I think yeah. he's in a little better health than what Joe Paul was. But, uh, yeah, so you can't count him, right? Uh, Dabo Although Sweeney. He's on to stroke out if another person asks him for half a million dollars. Golly, right? Um, <laughs> Dabo Sweeney's in his 50s. Yep. 
that knocks him out, right? So, all right, Chris, I'm going to give you the floor first. Why don't you give me one? Who's your top one? Who's your top guy in the college football coaching world right now under the age of 50 who could become a coaching legend? Okay. Now, first of all, Eric, let, let me go with this. I only went with head coaches. I'm assuming you did right. the same. I did. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I think you got to go to Ryan Day. You have to look at Ryan Day. Number one? Number one. Hmm. Uh, you know, I get on him a bit. I do. I get on him about things all the time. But, you know, at the same time, he took the reins at Ohio State in 2019. He's 45-6 and six in 51 games. That's an 882 winning percentage. Uh, despite his two losses to that team up north, he has been to the college football playoff three times mm-hmm. in the last or, or in his four years. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three times in his last four years. He has been to a national championship game. And let's face it, by all accounts, he's a couple of bad officiating crews from going to three national championship games in four years. And I'm telling you, I think he at least wins one, if not two of those. I think if if we get past Georgia this year, I think we handle TCU. I think back in 2019, if we get past Clemson, we win the national title. It's a coin flip with LSU. But you know what? I, I feel we have what it took. I, really, I think our defense was a big edge there. Uh, so, I mean, you look at what his performance is, and I get on him sometimes about being a little conservative, uh, co- coaching from a, a point of – don't lose the game rather than go out and win the game. Uh, but at times, you know, he, he he's he's proven me wrong. And, and I think for all my criticism of Coach Day, right now he is the top guy under 50. Okay. I got one better than him. And I think this can be hard for you to argue this. And as much as we are, are Ohio State homers and we – we wear that badge of honor. I'll proudly. bet you've got my number two at number one. I probably so. I, I'm going to go here with Kirby Smart. Oh he's, no, Not he's 47 years old, so he's under 50. He has a record of 81 and 15, which is a winning percentage of 843. So not as good as Ryan Day's, but he's been a head coach for a few years longer. He's eight and two in bowl games, Chris. Yeah, with a five and one CFP uh, record and two now national championships, and the first yeah. one in a long time to go back to back. He's got two SEC conference championships. He's been the SEC Coach of the Year of the Year three times, and he was the Broyles Award winner for best assistant coach in college football in the year 2009. And I'm not going to lie to you, Eric. I thought he was over 50. Did you really? I really did, and and that is why he is not on my list. He's only he's yeah. only 47, okay? Yeah. That's that's scary, dude. That's he is good. Very scary. Um I think he's got Georgia rolling. I don't know if there'll be an itch for the NFL with him. I don't I don't I don't know or hear from him enough to know if that's going to be a possibility like it is for maybe possibly for Ryan day down the road. Yeah. Um, but if he decides he's going to stay in Athens, Georgia, if I'm Alabama, an Alabama fan, I'm scared to death right now because Georgia's got your number. They're out recruiting you in a lot of ways and they've become the new national power. And they've done something Nick Satan hasn't done, and that's when back-to-back. Yeah. So there, there's a lot going on for that guy, and to think he's only 47. Um, and I'm with I, you. Had, had I realized that, he would be number one. I'm not going to lie to you. He would be number one had I realized that. I would pick him over, and just straight up, not talking age, if I was an athletic director right now, and you said you have Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, I'm choosing Kirby Smart right now. And when we do our quarter and when we do our head coaching rankings this offseason, Chris, for the first time, Nick Nick Satan's not going to be number 1 on my list. Yeah. I think Kirby Smart has dethroned him given what he's done the last 2 years in a row. Well, and something I'm going to touch on a little bit later as we enter our last segment, Eric, is I almost feel like 
the thing about Kirby Smart is I think Nick Saban is at the point where the game is starting to pass him by. You know, I made that little comment mm-hmm. there about the 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 fact that he released uh, two or two recruits based on the fact that they came and asked for money. Uh, you know, I think that the the portal and the NIL has really taken its toll on Nick Saban. Uh, let's see here. Before we jump into our next one, let's give Larry Daniels some love here. He says Dave Fickle Freeman. That's his list. Dave Fickle Freeman. Um, love that Ohio State homer. And you know what? I've got two of those three. Ooh. Okay. Now hold on. <clears throat> I understand Fickle. I don't understand Freeman here. I He's had one year. Okay. An average year at that. He in that first year he lost to Marshall. Okay, now I understand he beat he beat Clemson. That was big. He did finish pretty good mm-hmm. in his first year. I thought I think as far as first years go, this was a very good learning year for Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Um, I can't put him in my top three at this yeah. moment, though. Uh, I, I would put Fickle over him, although Fickle's not in my top three either. Um, but he's definitely in my short list if I'm an athletic director. And I had an, a blank check, and I could hire anybody I wanted. He's definitely on my list. Freeman is not at the moment. He's got to do some more work. Uh, who was your number one then, if or number two? If you had, if you had day number one, who was your number two? I had, obviously, Lincoln, I had Lincoln uh, Riley at number two. Okay, and, and I, I'll tell you, he he's you, you look at him 60, uh, 66, 13 record, eight thirty five winning percentage. And in six years span, he's produced three of the Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he, he's put out Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Caleb Williams in the last six years. Uh, you know, his offenses are dynamic. I think he's in a very good situation at, at USC where I think the Pac-12 is up there. It, it's right for the picking, you know. Um, I think Utah's power is going to go away this year. I think what we saw with them is something that uh, you know, Utah's been great, but they're losing a lot of that senior leadership. They're going to lose their quarterback. Utah has had Utah has had been They've given had the advantage run. of a very weak Pac-12. Exactly. I think once Lincoln Riley's in there with his recruits, I mean, we saw him take the recruits who were already there and a few transfers, and he had a pretty successful season this year. I think next year they are a national powerhouse. I really believe that. Uh, Lincoln Riley, I think, is a great coach. He was number three for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to you had Day at two. What's that? Did you have Day at two? Yep. Yep. I had Smart, Day, and then Lincoln Riley. And then said Brad, uh, Brad Olberding here says, give Lincoln Riley some time. He'll have USC back on top. So he agrees with you, Chris. Um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, my list, uh, my list looks exactly like Ryan Wickerham. Um, oh. He said, give Lincoln some time. Here it is. <clears throat> he has smart day, then Riley. So, yeah, my list is exactly like Ryan. So who's number three for you then, Chris? I had Luke Fickle at number three. Again, mm. everybody would have bumped down a notch had I realized Kirby was only 47. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but that, that just completely escaped me, yeah. Uh, but I've got Luke Fickle in there. I mean, you look at him, uh, you know, he wasn't at a big-name school, but he brought Cincinnati football to relevance. He went down there in, in his five years of Cincinnati, 48-15, and 15, uh, 762 winning percentage, four bowl games, two wins. He, like the Buckeyes this year, was a field goal away from beating Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he made the, got, got a, a group of five team to the uh, college football playoff for the first time ever. And you look at what he's doing. And not only that, but he's developing coaches, by the way. You know, Marcus Freeman was his. Perry Eliano was his. Uh, he's putting coaches in big-time programs as well. Uh, and, and you look at him, I think he's in a perfect situation right now at Wisconsin. Uh, this, they're going to appreciate Luke Fickle's brand of smash-mouth, tough defense football up there in Wisconsin. They really are. Um Although, from what I'm seeing, uh, a little bit more about the offensive coordinator he brought on, his offensive coordinator is a little bit more of a, a run-and-gun, open-it-up. Uh, Open it up. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, he got some great quarterback transfers, including the kid from SMU. 
Uh, you know, he, he's went in there and already started making an impact with the transfers. He went in, of course, he won his first game with Wisconsin when he coached the bowl game. I just think he is in a perfect situation to succeed right now. Um, I truly believe that the one thing that's going to keep Luke Fickle from being the best coach in the Big Ten is Ryan Day. I truly believe that. Ignore the, the goofball up north. If he's even there another year from now, it would surprise me. But, you know, you know, and, and yeah, Penn State's going to have a good year this year. But I, I look at Luke Fickle, and I think this guy has the potential to be the best coach in the Big Ten if Ryan Day decides to leave. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. And our predictions will show that to be true. Um, I've got a name for you to finish yes. out this segment. Um, no one's mentioned him. No one's talked about him. He impressed me this year. How about Shane Beamer? Yeah. Over there in South Carolina. Uh, he's been the head coach there for the Gamecocks for two years. He's 45 years old. So he's actually big wins. Yeah. He had back to back top 10 wins against Tennessee and Clemson. He's 15 and 11 in two years. South Carolina had two year, two years in a row. They've had winning seasons. That hasn't happened since Lou Holt, the Lou Holt era, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he's one and one in bowls. Uh, he's the son of a legend in Frank Beamer, right? Yeah. Um, I just think that there's something going on there that sure. is interesting to keep your eye on. Here's another good one. You mentioned Tennessee. What about Josh Heupel? How old's Heupel? He's only in his uh, early forties. Okay, let's that, see how he does. Let's let's see how he continues to I, build. I it. mean, he he took over Scott Frost's national championship UCF team, and you know he did well with that. And then he did, <laughs> and, and then he uh, of course moved up there to Tennessee, and they uh, he put them back on the map last year. Let's face it, they they're back on the map. But but what's the, he going to do without that talent? When the quarterback got hurt, what happened? That right. was, uh, of course, you know, the, a lot of coaches could say that when they had their, would lose their, you know, all world starting quarterback. Yeah. Let's see how he does in year number two. Now, there's something going against him. They're in the same division uh, as Georgia and Kirby yeah, Smart. Of course. So that's that's going to be, um, that's going to be, uh, <laughs> Lenny. I don't know if you saw this comment. I got to throw this in there. Lenny Zabo's poking you. Chris, you're advocating for Ryan Day? Wait, I, like, like I said, Lenny, uh, you know, I get on his case a lot. But if you go strictly by the numbers, it's hard to go against that that choice. It really is. Uh, oh, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Ryan Wickerham. If that team up north beats us again, I think Day is on the hot seat. Unfortunately, I don't have to. I don't disagree with that. Hot seat. If he loses that team up north again, I think somebody needs to grab him by the shorts and give him that uh, the the old Woody Hayes treatment and put boots to butts and kick him right out the door. Uh, one more here. Let's let's let's. Uh, Ryan brings up another one. Let's talk about this guy before we go on to our last segment to close the show out. Matt Campbell has some steam come off this guy or what? Yeah. He was the hottest young coach. He was going to be the next coach of Michigan, if you remember. Did not have a very good year this year. And his all-world quarterback was playing for San Francisco and leading them to the AFC Championship. And this year, not so much. I don't know if he's on a lot of short lists still. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I think the guy has a lot of coaching talent. I would love to see what he could do with a roster like what what the big schools have. You know, the four and five stars. You know, what an Alabama has, what an Ohio State has, what even a, that team up north has or or Georgia has. I, I would like to see what he could do with that kind of talent. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think a little bit of shine's come off that diamond. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think he's probably – I think he's probably a top ten coach under 50 still. But I think he's definitely somewhere slid down to that 7 to 10 range. All right. Let's get into our last topic here, guys. This one, this is going to be a lot of fun, too. (laughs) I always like doing these. College football coaching predictions 
for 2023, Chris. What do you got? What do you got a good one? And by the way, everybody, put your coaching predictions for 2023 in the comments below. I'll let you start first, Chris, and then I'll come up with one. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. I had foreshadowed earlier. I think Nick Saban is done at the end of 2023. Okay. I think the game, the attitudes of the players, the audacity of some of these this young breed of players to come in and ask for the money or jump in the portal just because they aren't starting on day one. Um, I don't think he knows how to coach that. I think he's very frustrated with it. And I think that he's had such a great career that he's after what I truly believe. And this is another foreshadowing moment here, Eric. After what is another three loss season by Alabama this season. I believe he walks away. I actually have a very similar prediction. However, my prediction is this. He wins the Natty and walks away? No. Okay. No, 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 no. My prediction is that after he walks away, the top coaching candidate that will be interviewed, I have three candidates that will be interviewed for the Alabama job. Are you ready? Dabo Sweeney. Of course. Lane Kiffin. Yep. And Deion Sanders. I agree. I, I think that they will go after and they will throw a ton of money after those guys. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Brad Olberding says he's, he's with us on this one, guys. He believes he's a Satan uh, hates NIL. I can see him retiring. My turn. <clears throat> okay. Number one. The 2023 Big Ten Coach of the Year will be take my number three, aren't you, Eric? Luke, Luke Fickle. Fickle. <laughs> he will be your Big Ten Coach of the Year, and I believe Wisconsin will represent the West in the Big Ten Championship game, which means that's how he gets the award. They do not have to win it for him to win the award. You know how this goes in the Big Ten. Whoever achieves the most with the least amount of talent gets the win. Ryan Day got his Big Ten Coach of the Year one time, and he's never going to win it again. Yep. They they never gave one to Urban Meyer. They're not going to give one to Jim Harbaugh now. It'll be whoever can do the most with least. And I believe that that will be Luke Fickle in 2023. He will be your Big Ten Coach of the Year this year in 2023. Yeah. I had him going in, Eric, with only one loss, Ooh. October 28th. Against the Buckeyes, against huh? Against the Buckeyes. That game scares me. I ain't going to lie. Well, it scares the hell out of me. I think Luke Fickle's a great coach. And I'll tell you, I look at what he's done in this short time there. He is bringing in some serious talent up there. And they have a great running back coming back up there as well. Larry Daniels' prediction, if Day loses to that team up north again, he goes pro in some capacity. That is I don't his. disagree with that either prediction all right next prediction you got another one oh of course i do all right since you knocked off my my uh number three well you took my number three i just built on it okay so for me i think that the next big one is i do not believe jim harbaugh is the coach of that team up north after next year i'll tell you why you know, we, we've said here repeatedly that the NFL wasn't really interested. I think we've seen in the last week the NFL actually is interested. We've seen Denver come back again. Um, from what I'm hearing, and this could be wrong, there is another team interested as well. Carolina. Yeah. But, you, you know, I think between that the fact that he's got controversy going on up there right now. The fact that I think he is going to be facing a suspension at some point in 2023. And based upon the way this is rolling out, it's not going to be before the midseason point of 2023. I could see this being the time when Jim Harbaugh cuts his losses and runs back to the NFL. Mike Hart, next coach. I, I would like to say yes, but two things make me say no. 
One, and, and I hate to hold it against the guy, but let's face it, there are some health concerns. Uh, you know, he had the incident on the sideline, so I think there has to be some health concerns given the stressful nature of a job like head coach of a, of a major college football program. The other thing is I don't know that he's got enough experience to get the job. I think that they're going to want somebody more experienced. They don't want to have a tremendous letdown given the high they're riding right now. So I think they're going after someone really big. Who it is, I don't know. I can't tell you right now. We won't know until the coaching carousel slows down a little bit. I know who they'd like to see up there. And I think you know who they'd like to see up there, if for no other reason than to stick it to us, but it'll never happen. Never happen. It'll never happen. But they'd love to see Urban up there. Ryan's prediction will be Ryan Day wins the natty or he gets beat by that team up north and he's gone. Mm, I think a, that's a fair assessment. That's a that's quite the prediction. It's one or either either or. <clears throat> All right, my next prediction. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. Buffs? Colorado Buffs? Buffaloes? Buffaloes. They're gonna what? win the Pac twelve. Is that what you're telling me, Eric? Okay. No. <laughs> They will have, however, a top five recruiting class in the 2024 class. I if can he does, see that. If he doesn't leave <laughs> for I Alabama. I can see that, but as we saw with uh, him going up there to uh, Colorado, if he goes, wherever he goes, he's going to take part of his class with him. He already did, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, is a, he is a very dynamic personality. Very charismatic Extremely charismatic. I'll tell you what I loved. I don't know if you saw the clip of him with his first meeting with the Colorado team where he came out and he says about the uh, women and yeah, yeah, women and not letting your pants Mm -hmm. droop and, you know, carrying yourself like a man. If you're going to represent this team, Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was huge. I think that's going to play big on a lot of recruits. Um, This is a guy who's going in there with an attitude that says, I'm going to show you how to be an NFL player. I'm going to take you to that next level. I've got that ability. He's got the char- the charisma, and I think he also has the the swagger that is going to bring a lot of recruits in. Now, this is the question. A, are they going to be able to handle the NIL agreements that are going to be necessary to get a top five class? And B, are they ever going to be able to come up with Dion's money? Because last I heard, they still haven't come up with his salary yet. How are you going to pay recruits when you can't pay your coach? So, yeah. So, the, the one thing that I think – Boulder, Colorado is not Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's none of those places. It's not even Lincoln, Nebraska when it comes to donor money and rabid fan base. Okay? Uh, it is a beautiful place. I They've got a – one of the coolest mascots out there when you're freaking real bison runs onto the field. I love that, but it is none of those things. So um, any other uh, predictions guys, if you ha- if you have any more predictions, put them in the comments there. Uh, as we, as we close this show, we want to make sure and highlight those. It's going to be an incredibly interesting 20, 24, uh, 23. Um, what? Can, I can't can I just wait, throw man. another one out there to you? Eric? Yeah, give it to me. There's a team whose toughest team on their schedule next year is arguably Wisconsin. I say watch out because Luke Fickle will have some competition for that Big Ten Coach of the Year. Nebraska? From one, from one Matt Rule. No. I'm telling you. That team is so broken, dude. It's gonna I, take him it's gonna take him some time. I'll tell you. I, well, I, I'm sorry. They do have Michigan on the schedule. Maybe that's not as tough. I don't know. Who knows? Who's going to be coaching? Who's going to be coaching that day? And yeah, you know, that, Nebraska's almost had Harbaugh's number the last couple of years. Anyhow, they have actually. Yeah. Uh, Brad says uh, Prime is a, a players coach. He will get the players. He sure is off to a good start at doing that, isn't he? Um, he's what got... if he's paying him directly? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he. I mean, is... Maybe he's an NIL consortium. Well, he he has, can we call it connections? 
Oh, of course a, he does. There's a he's got. I mean, you've got oh, the Affleck. He was tied Affleck. in with Barstool. Yeah, Affleck, Barstool Sports. He was tied in with. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm man. sure whatever Dion wants, Dion can get. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't hurt to to be that guy right now. That's for sure. In in this in this business in this crazy college world that we live in. I'll so, tell you what. Watch out. They. I think they could be a force. Maybe not next year, but the year after. I think the Colorado team could be a force. They'd be a lot of fun. They're at least making the Pac-12 interesting again, right? Yes. You got USC back on top. You got Colorado now with an incredibly interesting coach. Oregon is still uh, kind of the the new kid on the block, it feels like, uh, with all that Nike money and, and all uh, those different-looking jerseys. You've got Wisconsin uh, – no, excuse me, Wisconsin. But Wisconsin light in Washington that seems to throw a good team out there every now and then. They had a really good season this year. You have Utah who's gone to back-to-back Rose Bowls and disappointed two years in a row. But they've gone to back-to-back Rose Bowls. The Pac-12 is not bad. And then and then here's UCLA, right? I got one more for you, right, in closing. Okay. I've thrown this one out there. Probably premature on it, but it'll happen someday. At there will be a day if Ryan Day stays at Ohio State that Chip Kelly eventually will be on this coaching staff. As an advisor? As Probably as an advisor. Yeah, or an uh, analyst, one of the two. Yeah, right. He's, he's not going to be a field coach on, on no. a Ryan Day staff. I don't no. see that. Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, especially if Chip Kelly's deciding to, decide to wind things down a little. I could, I could see that move. Uh, you know, but you know, you were, you were just talking about how great the Pac-12 is, Eric. Let's not forget it's going to be one year of that, and we're dismantling the Pac-12. True, we're we're, we're poaching. <laughs> we're going to poach them. So you talked uh, about Eric going to be the new new kid on the block uh, with Oregon. I don't see Oregon could be the new kid on the block again here in a couple of years. It's true. You, you know, so. That's true. All right, guys, it's 9 o'clock. That's our show. Thank you so much for all of you who came in. I think we saw – I think we had uh, one more watching this week at one point live than we than we did last week, so we continue to grow. Thanks again to all of you who continue to like, uh, share, subscribe, like, share, ring the bell, all of those great things that you do on YouTube. We appreciate that. We've continued to grow. And in closing here, I'd like to let all of you know, those of you who are still watching – that uh, the OHIO podcast signed a contract this week. We will Woo-hoo! let you. We will let you know all the details very shortly. Um, but we signed a very exciting contract, and it's really we're hoping for really big things from this. Uh, we will share that with you all in the future. I just I don't have I don't know that I'm allowed to let you know uh, just yet. Just yet. Uh, not a whole lot's going to change for all of you guys as far as this show is concerned. Uh, you're still going to get this uh, content, and it's just going to be, shall we maybe say, on um, a bigger platform. So um, we're excited about that. We'll let you in on all the news. Thank you so much for watching, all of you. Be back next week, 8 o'clock. We will have a guest for you all for the second part of the show. So we're, we're planning on having him come in. We got a couple former Buckeyes lined up in the coming weeks as the NFL season winds down and the offseason kicks off. And spring ball is just right around the corner. April so 15th, baby. So there's a lot to go and talk about every single week. So make sure you're checking back in. Make sure you're keeping up on our social media sites with all of our posts every week. Continue to chat away and have great conversations in there. And until next time, everybody, be kind to one another. Uh, until next time, OH. I-O. Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing, oh, praise. And songs through Amaterain While our hearts rebounding thrill And joy which death alone can still Summer's heat Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time.
time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Ohio. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.